In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I am going to discuss all of the talent on the 2023-24 Duke Blue Devils roster. I think they have a chance to have four, maybe even five players selected in next June's draft. So find out the players who I believe have the potential to be selected next June. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On NBA. Now, in the last episode, I talked about the depth on Kentucky's roster, how I believe they could have up to four guys selected in the first round of the 2024 NBA draft with Justin Edwards, DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, Antonio Reeves. I mean, there's a chance Robert Dillingham can get drafted, but a lot of people in the comments like Reed Shepard and Reed had a very strong performance at the Global Jam. But this episode is not about Kentucky. This episode is about Duke and the depth on their roster and how they could have four guys selected in the first round of the 24 NBA draft. I got to keep practicing 2024 NBA draft. I've been saying 2023 for 12 months now, 2024. All right, so let's talk about Duke. Last year, Duke was 27 and nine, had somewhat of a rough start and they finished strong. I thought Duke was going to win the, the NCAA championship the way they finished strong at the end of the regular season. And they ended up losing to Tennessee, I believe. But they were 27-9. And despite the fact that Duke lost two players who were selected in the first round, and Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead, who were like two of the top freshmen coming into last season, and both suffered injuries. Um, um, Derek Whitehead had a foot injury that he just had surgery on and Lively had a calf injury that limited them. And neither player lived up to the, the hype and expectations due to injury. And they still ended up being first round picks. What's interesting is that even though Duke had two players who were selected in the first round of the 2023 NBA draft, for the first time in years, for the first time that I can remember, they returned their top four scores. Okay, like how often does that happen? You lose two guys who are first round picks but you return your top four scores, and the top four scores that are returning are Kyle Filipowski, who I believe has a chance to be first team All-American, maybe even player of the year. Then you got Tyrese Proctor, Mark Mitchell, and Jeremy Roach. Now Filipowski was the ACC Rookie of the Year. He was Duke's best freshman, despite the fact that two other freshmen were drafted in the first round. And it'll be the first time since I believe the 08-09 season that Duke is going to return four full-time starters. So Duke has been known for churning out one and dones. And again, they had two last year, but they still have their top four scores returning. Now, despite the fact, again, despite the fact, this is my second, third time using that word. Duke has the number two or three, just depending on which service you believe is the most credible, but Duke had the number two or three recruiting class. And they have five players in their recruiting class that were ranked among the top 31 
on ESPN's Top 100. And Coach John Shire, who's in the second year, who did, I thought, a, a good job of replacing the legend and Coach K, mentioned that he is going to possibly play three guards because Duke has a lot of guards. And again, Tyrese Proctor's returning, who I'm very high on. I think he's going to be the first Duke player off the board in next June's draft. Then you have Jeremy Roach, who had a good year. Then they brought in Caleb Foster and Jared McClain. But I want to talk about Tyrese Proctor. Tyrese Proctor is one of my favorite prospects. He is, like I said, I think he's going to be the first Duke player off the board. I think that he is going to be a lottery pick. And he reclassified a year early. And he earned a starting role. And I thought he was a, a catalyst. Him and Lively, I thought those were like the two catalysts to Duke's 10-game winning streak at the end of the season. And despite, oh, there's me using that word again. Proctor got off to a terrible start. He got off to an absolutely awful start. And he still started 34 of the 36 games. And I thought Duke really turned the corner when they put the ball in his hands a little bit more and let him be the, 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 the facilitator and move Jeremy Roach off the ball. And Proctor averaged nine points per game, about three rebounds, I'm sorry, three assists. He only shot 38% from the floor and 32% from three, but that is heavily weighed on the absolutely terrible start that he got off to. I had the numbers in my head, but I think he missed like 17 of his first like 24 shots. I mean, he just absolutely got off to a terrible start. I think he only scored like two points in his first game. And then the, the difference between his first game, I think it was like against like Jacksonville State and his last game against Tennessee, he was Duke's best player that game. He showed the, the offensive creativity and the flash that I like. I mean, he's 6'5". He can make plays for others. I didn't think that he really fully showed what he's capable of as a playmaker in his freshman season. A little bit of flashes here and there at the end, but I think this year you're going to see the passing and the playmaking. I think that their roster this year will have more balance. I didn't like the lively Filipowski front court at all. I thought that it pretty much neutralized lively. And I think Filipowski will play better at the five. I think Mark Mitchell is going to be the four. So I think that's a better fit and better spacing. But anyway, Proctor is, again, one of my favorite players. He does have some work to do from the efficiency standpoint. Only shot like 44% on twos. But again, if you break his season into two parts, the first half and the second half, he was a totally different player in the second half. And the game against Tennessee is what really made me feel like I, that he has the highest upside out of the guys from the Duke's 2022 class. I think he's going to be selected higher than where Lively went in the game. He had 16 points and six assists. And then he just showed, again, second half of the season, he had 11 points, 10 assists game against Pittsburgh. And then he had a game against Miami, a very good Miami team that, that went far in last year's NCAA tournament, and he had 15 points and five assists. So I think that Tyrese Proctor will be the first player off the board in the 2024 NBA draft on Duke's roster. All right, when we return, I'll talk about Kyle Filipowski, who is their most decorated player. Again, a guy that I believe is going to be first team All-American. I even think he has a really strong chance of being national player of the year. So I'll talk about Filipowski, but let's talk about FanDuel. Why do we want to talk about FanDuel? Because FanDuel, FanDuel, allows you to get $200 in bonus bets 
and 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets if you use FanDuel. That's right. If you bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball at FanDuel. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over to the under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on the app. And it's all on the app that is safe, secure, and it is super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you'll get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball and Locked On. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And in my next episode, I'm going to break down all of the talent on the G League Ignite. They could possibly have the top two players in next year's draft. I mean, they are absolutely loaded with talent, but a lot of overlapping skill sets. That's probably the team that I'm going to spend the most time watching next year is the Ignite because... I just want to know how they're going to make it work. But let's get back to Duke and Kyle Filipowski. Again, Kyle led Duke in scoring last year. He was the ACC Rookie of the Year. And with Lively gone, I think Filipowski is going to play a lot of five. Filipowski is someone that I'm actually surprised that he was so inefficient from three last year. I thought he was a really good shooter coming out of high school. But he's a a weapon, an absolute weapon on the college level. When he puts it all together, he's an inside threat, outside threat. He can pass. He can handle the ball. I mean, he's he's really skilled for a seven-footer, but he's like a skilled bruiser. And so I'm looking to see him make improvements on his outside shooting, become a little bit more consistent. And also just having more freedom and space playing what I think is his natural position. Now, Filipowski, if he would have entered the 2023 NBA draft, without a doubt, he would have been selected. I think he would have been a late first round pick. At the very minimum, I think he would have been a top 35 player. He chose to return to school and boost his draft stock, which in you know, you can, make, you can make a case to say it was a smart decision because the 2024 class is not as strong as 2023. But there are situations where guys come back to school and they're no longer the flavor of the month. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Filipowski. But again, he's Duke's leading scorer, a guy who I believe could be the national player of the year. So that's two guys. That's two guys on Duke's roster that I think will be first round picks. And now this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Third, fourth, and possibly fifth guys. I don't know which order they're going to go in. I mean, even Proctor and Filipowski could be in a different order. But I think the defined pecking order is, is those two, depending on you know who you have one or two. But the two freshmen that I think have a chance to possibly be selected in the first round are Jared McCain and Caleb Foster. McCain was the number 14 overall recruit in, according to 24-7 Sports. I've had a chance to like watch watch his film and I think that he can help. He's a shot maker. He is someone that can't put the ball in the basket. And then there's Caleb Foster who was ranked number 22 
and um, I forgot which which publication had him number twenty two, but he was a top twenty five guy, but was not voted to the McDonald's All American game, and that was someone that everybody talked about being like a big snub. I believe Kyle Filipowski was was a, a snub the year before. Now Foster should be motivated by not making the McDonald's All All American game. He is the bigger of the two. He's a, a shot maker, very good at creating off the dribble. He is someone that, depending on his role, I think could be a first-round pick. Now, I talk about McCain a little bit. I think he has decent size and strength and burst. He can create off the dribble. He is someone that likes to play fast, likes to play in transition. He can score off movement and action plays. I think he has good scoring instincts. Um, shot maker, he's an aggressive downhill slasher. I think his shot selection is a little shaky, but that comes along with being a really confident scorer. Now, even though I think that he has good burst, I don't think he's like a great athlete. I think he's a solid athlete. I don't think he has like the ideal quickness and explosiveness off the bounce. Um, so I think he may struggle. Um, especially like getting by guys without a screen. I think he may struggle finishing at the rim, but overall, I think he's a good passer. He sees the whole floor. He whips live dribble passes. Again, good court vision. He likes to pass the ball ahead. He loves to play fast. So if Duke is playing fast, I think he's really going to stand out. I think he's a good shooter off the catch, but I wonder what is his role. So I imagine Roach, we'll, I'll get to him later on, and Proctor are going to start. And then I think it's between McCain and, and Foster for who is that third guard. And again, like I mentioned in the open, Shire said he's open to playing three guards. So I'm curious to see which three, but you can make a case and say Duke has the strongest guard rotation in the country because they have four guards. And then let's talk about Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell started 35 games as a freshman. I thought he really played out of place considering that they had Lively and, and, and Filipowski there. I believe he's a, a four. I think he's going to be a solid NBA player that has a long career as a rotation guy. I don't know if he's gonna be an NBA starter. I don't even know if he's gonna be a top end rotation guy, but I think he's gonna have a long career as this modern day, four man that just does a little bit of everything whether it's knocking down open shots rebounding making hustle plays i think he's going to be an nba prospect i mean nba player depending on how he plays this year i mean that's not like saying anything extraordinary there but depending on how he plays this year i think he has a chance to be a, a late first round pick maybe even higher if he shoots the, the cover off the ball but i think that between mccain foster and mark mitchell i think those three are, are fighting for who will be the third player selected. It may be fourth or fifth. When we return, I want to talk about a couple other guys. I want to talk about Sean Stewart, and then I want to talk about Jeremy Roach, who is, you know, he averaged 13 points per game. He's kind of like the forgotten prospect in this, on Duke's roster. Stay tuned. All right, last segment. I want to talk about Sean Stewart. Sean Stewart is the son of Michael Stewart, and Michael Stewart played a long time in the NBA. I think he played like 10 years. I even read that Sean Stewart has known Grant Hill for, for years. And Stewart is someone that I've seen on some draft boards. He has an opportunity to be maybe the third or fourth player selected. Now, I do think that 
He'll have to come off the bench. I don't see a situation where he is the starter. He's somewhat of an undersized five, but he was ranked as one of the top 20 to 25 players in the country, depending on the publication. But again, I think it's hard to see him moving ahead of Kyle Filipowski and Mark Mitchell to, uh, to carve out like an important role. But I do think that down the line, and maybe next year, I think if he, I think the, the more likely scenario is he comes off the bench this year, shows flashes, and then he'll be one of Duke's top players next year. And I think that he'll be someone that if he, if he learns from Mitchell and Filipowski this year, that experience would carry him over to next year. But then again, you never know. I mean, there's always a situation in college basketball. Maybe it's injury. Maybe he just outplays the guys ahead of him. I could be. T I mean, I've been wrong before, but Sean Stewart is your 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 somewhat modern day big man that could carve out a career. I don't think he's going to be a NBA starter. I think he's similar to Mark Mitchell. I think he can carve out a career as a rotation guy, maybe a back end rotation player. But he does have good pedigree. And then Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach is, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that that don't necessarily like Roach's game, and they were glad that he was moved off the ball, but he saw career numbers in nearly every category last year. He averaged 13 points per game, two and a half rebounds. He shot 34% from three, and he is like the last holdover from the Coach K days. And so I thought overall he had a good year, but I will say I thought the team was better when Tyrese Proctor took over the reins. So Jeremy Roach, um, I don't know if he's an NBA player. Maybe he sneaks in at, at the back end, but I think he's one of their best college players. And so it will be interesting to see what happens with him and the rotation because there's a chance. There's a chance that Roach, who averaged, again, 13 points per game, gets outplayed by the two freshmen in McCain and Foster. The Shire have, I don't want to say the guts, but would he play his two prize freshmen over Roach if they were playing better? Even though Roach is the more experienced guy, again, had good numbers last year, but if Foster and McCain are playing better, or even it's a tie. Does he have it in him to bench them? Now, we, we've seen situations, and a lot of people will tell you that was one of the issues at North Carolina last year, that Hubert Davis did not want to bench Caleb Love. Because, I mean, Caleb Love, I mean, we remember what he did the year before. He hit the big shot, beat Duke in Coach K's last game, and went to the Final Four. But I had mentioned it early last year that there was an NBA executive that told me that North Carolina was not going to be good. He said that they had too much NIL money, the guys weren't as focused, and he said that Hubert Davis is not going to bench his starting backcourt for the freshmen that were hungrier or going to play better. He told me this last year, I remember <laughs> the conversation distinctly and he was right Caleb Love is now at Arizona or Missouri I forgot either way but anyway does John Shire have it in on the bench Jeremy Roach or even Tyrese Proctor for that matter if McCain and Caleb Foster are playing better 
All right, well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked NBA Big Board Podcast. Once again, in my next episode, I am going to cover the G League Ignite. The Ignite team is absolutely loaded. You got Matas Bazoulis, who some think is going to be the number one pick. You got Ron Holland, who others think is going to be the number one pick. A lot of people think that they can go one and two. Then you have Tyler Smith. Then you have London Johnson. Then you have... Dink Pate, who is not eligible for, for this year's draft. But, I mean, their team was absolutely, absolutely loaded. You got Terry Darlin, who I hope he's healthy, and I, I'll get into that. He was a player that I watched live at the Basketball Without Borders Camp All-Star Week, and it had an absolutely gruesome injury. Luckily, I didn't see it. I was there. I heard the fall. I saw the reactions and everything. And I think he like had like a, a clean fracture, a clean break. I know they had to carry him out and cover his foot up, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if he's playing. I, I talked to him at um, Summer League a couple weeks ago, and he told me he's fine. He's not cleared to run and start playing yet, so I wonder if they're going to bring him along slowly. But anyway, I'll save that for the next episode. But the Ignite have a chance to have four or five guys selected in the 2024 NBA Draft. I mean, we could like have a scenario where Duke, Kentucky, and the G League Ignite represent what? 40% of the first round picks, maybe? I don't know, best case scenario. Anyway, that wraps it up for this episode. I'm Rafael Barlow. Stay tuned tomorrow. We'll talk about the Ignite, and I am out.